welcome to the podcast In Progress by TravelFit. I'm your host, Chris Walker, the founder of TravelFit. I'll be taking you on a journey where I interview small business entrepreneurs to worldwide celebrities, where we hear each person's stories and how they overcame their own challenges to achieve their professional and personal goals in life. We dive into how to create a successful life through health, fitness, and developing a stronger mindset, and how travel can impact our life for the better. If you feel stuck in life, then this podcast is for you. Today's interview is with Morgan T. Nelson, a mindset coach and Dream Out Loud founder. We dive into Morgan's upbringing, his early years of entrepreneurship, becoming resourceful, how to shift your life, what the Dream Out Loud method actually is, and what books you need to read right now to improve your emotional intelligence. Thanks so much for listening in, guys, and enjoy. All right. Thanks so much for joining the podcast today. I'm super stoked to uh, have this chat with you. But for people listening in, who are you and what is it that you do? Mate, thank you for having me on. It's my first podcast back in about six months. So I'm stoked to get back in here and deliver some freaking fire. So thanks for having me on, first and foremost. Uh, my name is Morgan Nelson. I'm on the Gold Coast here. What do I do? I help people turn their dreams into reality. And the thing, like, why I'm so stoked is I've, Look, I'll just put a cheeky plug in there. I've experienced some of this stuff firsthand and like a few of my friends have. And I've been on like three other podcasts in the last few months. And every time it just comes up, the Dream Out Loud method. But we'll get to that soon. We'll get to that soon. Yes. Um, what I wanted to touch on before we dive into too, too deep, I wanted to talk about, you know, obviously where you're from, um, what your first job was and what you were like, let's just say, five Five years ago. All right, where where am I from? <clears throat> um, oh, look, I was I was born in New South Wales, but like I don't have any memory of it. I was there for two years of my life. Okay, and then I pretty much grew up on yeah, I grew up in Brisbane and then the Gold Coast my whole life pretty much. Um, and then for the last sort of last five years, I actually spent last I spent last yeah five years almost sort of traveling and living all around the world in Bali, Mexico, the States. Uh, well, then obviously the last two years just here stuck on the Gold Coast back in Australia because of COVID, but, um, you know, spent a lot of it traveling. But my first ever job, um, my first ever job was this, is it, it was actually pushing trolleys at, at a Coles supermarket. See, like I always, I always had a desire, like I always had this energy, which I, but I believe everybody does. Like we've all got this energy, especially when we're a kid, we've got energy and we spend it doing something. We all spent it doing something and I've always spent it. I just got more excited now doing something that produces, produced a better result for my future. So where my other friends would come home, they'd play video games and all this sorts of stuff. I just got fascinated going, well, how can I spend my time? Like, how can I make money? Like, that's what I want to do. Because, you know, we, we grew up definitely not in a wealthy household at all. And when I'd go to school, I'd see my other friends or people at school buying things from the tuck shops. They had spare money that their parents would give them and, all these types of things and or they had nice shoes and they had a nice backpack and all this sort of stuff. And 
was like, I want that stuff. So I asked my parents. They said, no, we can't afford it. So I just from a young age, I started to program going, well, you know what? If I want to get shit in this world, then I got to gotta go out there and create myself. So I was actually, um, man, I would have been probably 11 years old, 10 or 11 years old. And I went up to the supermarket and I spoke to like, I was, I was just like a hustler from a young age. Went and spoke to one of the dudes that was already there pushing trolleys. And I just asked him, I was like, how do you get this job? And he just sent me this woman's address. Okay. So here I am 11 years old and she lived just around the corner from where we lived. And I go, I ride my bike around to her house. I knock on her door and I just pretty much said to her, I was like, Hey, I want, I want to come work for you. I want to push trolleys, blah, blah, blah. And she says to me, how old are you? And I knew that it had to be 14, nine months to have a job. I said, I'm 14, nine months. And she's like, well, you look very young. I said, yeah, I know. I always get that, you know? And, you know, before I knew it, about two weeks later, here I am, got my first shift up in the Coles supermarket, working five-hour shift every single Friday night, sitting there. I was thinking I was getting paid, you know, not much, but like $13 an hour, $12 an hour or something like this, but I was getting cash, right? Because the reason I was getting cash was every single time she would ask me for my tax, uh, what do you call it, tax file number, I kept just giving her a bullshit excuse. And I think she was just as dodgy as me. So she started just paying me cash. And every Friday, she would come with an envelope and just give me like, maybe I was getting $10 an hour, actually, because I think she was giving me 50 bucks a week. I work five hours a week. And and I even, for the first little bit, I had to do that without um, my dad knowing, because for some reason, dad didn't want, I was 11 years old. I guess he didn't want his 11-year-old up at the Cole supermarket and up at Coomera pushing trolleys on a Friday night. I don't know. And I even remember having to convince him to allow me to get a job. I wrote a letter to him. I stuck it to his steering wheel. It's always different types of things just to let him. And then he kept saying no, kept saying no. And then I think I just eventually told him, I was like, I've actually already got this job and I'm making money. And that's where it also started. It's my, my first freaking job. And then after that, just doing random other shit like manufacturing. Um, I pretty much had, I had two jobs before I was legally allowed to have a job at 49 months. And then 49 months, I went and started working at McDonald's. But even before all that, I, I used to sell I don't know if you remember these, um, remember when we were younger, you get these little bits of like nylon string and they're called them Scoobies. Do you remember them? You make the nut. Yeah. I could yeah, never yeah, do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I used to sit down with my sister, right? She used to start showing me how to start doing these things. So we'd sit down and watch TV and start making all these things. And before I knew I had like 20 or 30 of these things and I couldn't, I couldn't even give them away. So I was like, you know, what? how about I go and sell them to the neighbors? So here I am with my, with my sister at about nine years old, 10 years old, door knocking, selling these little key rings to the neighbors for 50 cents, 80 cents, had different tiers, right? And then I come along this one neighbor and they say to me, they go, oh my God, my kids make these ones as well. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And she comes and shows me all the ones that the kids are making. Now these kids have got freaking butterflies and they're doing fucking origami with this shit. And I'm like, man, these kids are crazy. And then they obviously took my ideas. So they start selling them. So the next day I'm door knocking, I see them out the front of the house and they've got this cardboard set out with prices selling their stuff. Now they're selling theirs for a little bit more than what I got it for because it's a lot better. So I take my money. I go and buy all the ones that they had. I bought them for about a dollar each. I wiped them completely out. Then I went up to Cole's supermarket and I put the exact same thing down on the ground for selling them for $5 a piece. <clears throat> so I, I was doing this for like quite a while actually until they caught on that I was doing it and then they went and took my turf. <laughs> right yeah so that that's kind of where it all started my first ever like little hustle now they were my first two jobs all before i was actually legally allowed to make money
And I could only imagine too, like being super stoked that you're like, oh, it's happening. I'm doing this. This is like, especially having like those entrepreneurial, like kind of like mindsets and being like, wow, like I just want to make anything and everything. And like, the thing I like about it is like the resourcefulness of it. And like, even when there's like a little challenge, like, because you can relate that to anything, especially in this day and age, whenever a challenge comes up in business, we instantly look at like, you looked at it as like, okay, cool there's two ways you could have been like, all right, well, they're doing something that's better than me, um, getting a better price. I'll just leave it. I'll just do something else. Or you do what you did and you say, all right, well, I'm just going to buy it or sell it for a better price in a better location and create a better opportunity. Yeah. I, I don't know where that came from, to be honest. You know, like I, you know, I think that's the thing. Like there's, there's always things happening through our life. Now our life actually has nothing to do with what happens to us. It has everything to do with how we respond to what happens to us. And like you were just saying, like that could have happened to me. And I could have been like, oh, you know, someone else is already doing it. They're better. I'm shit, blah, blah, blah. And that was just like, you know, fuck these guys. You know, I'm going to buy all their shit so they can't sell anymore. Then I'll go sell it for even more. And it, it wasn't even me thinking business. I didn't even know what the word business was back then. I just wanted to make money. I was just like, well, I just know if I go to somewhere where there's more traffic and I'm a kid, a kids can sell anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, like, so I don't know where it really came from, but yeah, it was like, I, I guess I've always had that, that resilience of, you know, and then later, later in my life, when I got into kickboxing and stuff to help there, you know, cause it's like, I just, I just refuse, I refuse to be beaten. Like it's, it's only over when I win it. it only, it's only over when I'm done. You know what I mean? Like, and bringing that sort of attitude into every single thing you do in life, I think can be super powerful because most people, they give up right before they've hit the gold. Where do you think that resilience comes from? Do you think it's something that you've learned or do you think it's always been something that you've had within you? I don't know. Like thinking back to these stories right now, it sounds like it's always, always sort of been there, but like, you know, like the more I sort of think about it, like my whole family have sort of never really gone for everything. Like they've never really gone for the things that they want. They sort of just settle. Um, and so I'm not sure if it was like a subconscious thing. Like I saw all that growing up and then I was like, you know, like I don't want that. So I'm going to do everything I can and a little bit more. And then obviously when I started getting into personal development, I started to learn this, that there is actually like a strategy to success. There's a strategy to creating the life you want. And, you know, if you just do more, like if you just start here by doing a little bit more than what most other people would actually do, you already stand out by a mile. Um, but to answer your question, I, I honestly don't know where it come, came from. Like no one in my, in my family or upbringing or anything were entrepreneurial or into business or anything. In fact, it probably just had an opposite, uh, opposite effect on me. Like I grew up, I looked, I looked at my family, I looked at my two older brothers. They were doing sort of nothing. They were just getting by. And I just looked at that and I'm like, I've, I've been told too many times in my life, we can't afford that. We can't do that. You can't have that. And I think probably subconsciously along my life somewhere, I made a decision at some point where I was like, I won't ever have that. Mm. I'll do everything I can to have to be able to say yes to whatever I want to. I guess it's like sometimes you have those experiences that, you know, obviously you didn't have something in some, like another kid at school did. And that creates that feeling of like, you know, maybe not feeling like you're, you're normal or accepted or you've got that perfect upbringing or whatever it is. And from that moment, maybe that's, that's the decision that you made where you're just like, all right, cool. Well, I'm going to break the mold. I'm going to be the change. Yeah. Look, it, I, I, I'd be lying if I told you when it happened. I have no idea what happened. But, you know, on average, we have 65,000 thoughts a day. 
um, most of them in the exact same as what we had yesterday. So, but I, I think there's definitely somewhere along the journey where based off the people I grew up around and all of that, when I just thought about my life, you know, that's why, I'm, that's why I, everything I do now is to dream out loud method, the programs, everything. Cause it's like, I, I grew up statistically where I grew up, I should be in jail or just complete fucking failure, right? Statistically, you know, where I'm probably one of the very few people who came out of my school in my year who have actually done anything successful. Okay. Like there's a couple of people that become a doctor. Like that's pretty lit. Um, you know, I never went to university. I never done anything like that. Statistically is what I'm saying is I had all the numbers against me, but it doesn't matter you know, like there's, I saw a quote yesterday, I saw like a meme yesterday where it's like, I've met people who are homeless with a master's degree and I've met people who are millionaires who don't have any degree. So it's not about the, the things that it's got nothing to ever do with our resources in life, but everything to do with our resourcefulness. You can have all the resources you want. You can have all the resources you really freaking need in this world. But if you don't actually believe in your ability to execute on them, if you don't believe that you're worthy, if you don't believe that you're good enough, if you don't believe that you can actually have all these things, then you're never going to actually put them into use. Now, like I've had my journey like everybody else, but I think definitely I just looked around and I just thought, you know, why, why are we here? Like, why, why am I here on this earth? It's to literally enjoy it. Like, that's why we're here. Like we're all here to fucking enjoy this, this place that we're in, enjoy our life, not to just go and spend, you know, 60, 70 weeks, 60 to 70 hours a week, trading our time for money, doing something that we resent. I've got nothing against jobs, but I've got everything against people doing shit that unfulfills them. I've got everything against people trading their, their, the most, most of their life away, doing something that doesn't fulfill them, doesn't light them up, something that they're not in their genius. We all have a genius. We've just got to figure that out. And I looked at that and I'm like, I will never want to do that. I would rather make 40 grand a year and do what I love and travel and do these cool uh, epic things than make a lot of money doing something I hate. I remember looking through this big textbooks. They gave us in in, uh, in grade 10. Okay, because so we have to start picking our subjects for grade 11 and 12. I remember this day. In grade 10, they come to sit everybody down. They give us this big fucking textbook. They say, what's this? They say, you're going to pick your job. What's the career you want to do for the rest of your life? And now I'm like, I'm 15 years old. How the fuck? I don't know what I want to do next week, let alone for the rest of my life. And they're like, well, you have to pick something. If you don't plan your future, you'll be a failure, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. Sounds legit. Like worked out for you, hasn't it? Miss teacher on $45,000 a year. So, you know, and so I, I look at this book. Okay. So naturally what do I do, I flick right to the back where the highest incomes are. I go, what, what is there to do in the world? What can I do to make the most money? A mechanical engineer, uh, electrical engineer, and all these sorts of things. And that these guys were making 300 grand a year or something. I was like, that sounds pretty cool. How do I do that? And they say, Oh, Morgan, you, you probably couldn't study that because you'd have to study physics and maths A and maths B. Uh, oh, sorry, B and C, I think were the top ones. Study all the top subjects for the next two years and pass them all. And based off your records this year, I don't think that's very uh, possible for you to do. I'm like, oh. So I'm listening to them, yeah? They're telling me how, how, what I can amount to. And then they go, uh, we, we suggest you do something here where, you know, like driving trucks or working with your hands or something where you can trade time for money. Don't do it like your strong suit isn't journalism. It isn't reading. It isn't writing. It isn't speaking. So don't do anything in those categories because you won't succeed in life. Now I have a podcast, which is a global podcast. I've written two books now. I've spoken on stage to 6,000 people at once all around in, in four different countries around the world, you know, and I'm just sitting here going, 
it doesn't matter what they thought of me. It doesn't matter what they said to me at school. It, everything comes down to what I think of me. Like our life has nothing to do with what they think of us or what we think of us. Our life is actually everything to do with what we think they think of us. And the best thing about this is we can control all that. So I, I fell into that for quite a while thinking, you know, I'm not going to really be able to do much. Um, and so I started really sort of diving into a lot of this stuff, you know, personal development and thinking outside the box and seeing, you know, I just started to weigh it up. I was like, man, there's people in this life that are very successful and there's people in this life that just get by. What's the difference? I started to just reverse engineer where are they hang around. What are they, what do they read? What do they talk about? How do they like, what, what's their life look like? You know, and I started to put it all together. Most of them have businesses. You know, most of them don't go out to the pub and just get wasted with their mates on a Friday night for the sake of it. Yeah, they start to do different things. And when I started to reverse engineer this, I started to do a lot of things differently. And it went from, <laughs> I went from being completely fucked at 21 to financially free at 23. That's wild. It's so crazy because like when, like, when people have this shift, right, where they go from like, you know, drinking every weekend, taking drugs, hanging around bad people, being in a job that they hate, and they, they create that shift from there to, you know, doing something with purpose and, you know, living the life they want to and, you know, saying they love you to people and whatever it is. I only know that, like, for me, when I did that, because I came from, like, that kind of background, I used to drink every weekend, I used to take drugs. I, you know, drink my sorrows away because the only thing that made me feel like I had connection in my life was when I was socially acceptable drinking on a weekend mm. people that didn't really care about me and when I made the shift from that to starting to pursue things and I said go against the grain and I used and <laughs> people they're like oh where have you been you haven't been at the at the the local on the weekend and I'd be like oh well you know I'm starting to be a PT and it's crazy people look at you and they're like oh but why <laughs> and you're like well it's because I want to do it and they're like oh is it good money? I'm like, yeah, I guess it is what you can make it. You're in, in your own business. You can create as much opportunity as you want, but they're like, Oh, it's not a set income though. So what if you fail? Mm. And then, I love it. I love like I'm negatively motivated. Yeah. Well, no, here's, so here's the thing. Now you're, you're just a, you're just a fucking realist, but you, you picked it up consciously or unconsciously. Cause here's the thing. This is why, this is why the school system sets everybody up to have a, a mediocre life right here, because most people won't go after the things they truly want out of that exact fear there. The fear of failure. Well, what if I go for it and it doesn't work? Because what happens in school when you fail a subject? You get in trouble. Yeah. You get in trouble, you can't pass, you get detention, you get a tutor, you, have, you, get, you get punished. That's what happens when you fail in school. So we're programmed to, you need to do whatever you can to make sure you pass. Because if you don't get an A or a B, then you are bad. You're unsuccessful. You'll be punished. Now, in the real world, the more you fail, the more you'll become successful. Mm. You cannot, there's no straight lines to success. There's no straight lines in the universe. You zig and you zag your whole fucking way there. So to really go out there and start creating the life that you truly desire, it's about taking massive action in spite of fear, taking massive courageous action. Sometimes people sit, sit back and they go, you know, I'll take action towards the things I want when I'm feeling confident enough for it. And when As if like one day they're just <laughs> going to wake up and go, oh, okay, now I'm confident. Yes, I wasn't. Here's the cheat for it courage comes first confidence is followed by courage you'll never if people have a fear of jumping out of an airplane right they're never gonna jump they're never gonna wake up and say, okay i'm confident enough now to do it yesterday yesterday i was super scared but now i'm confident enough what they do is one day they wake up and they say now i've got the courage 
and they strap themselves in and then they go against their will. The dudes push them out, out. They hang their feet over and there's only one thing they need to do. There's no turning back because once you put your shit on and you get into that plane, you've made the decision. You've made a committed decision that there's no turning back. You're going to do it. Now you shoot might open and it might not, right? But that's what it really is. Like going after the things you want in life is about making that committed decision in spite of fear and taking that first step of courage. You take the step of courage. Have you ever been skydiving? I've been twice. Yeah, I love it. Right? And then as soon as you hit the ground, what's the first thing you think about doing again? Let's go up. Let's go. Let's up. go again. Let's go again. <laughs> Let's go again. Right? Because the confidence. The confidence has now come because of the completion. You've, now you've got evidence to actually show, hey, this thing works. It wasn't actually that scary. I liked it. Where before we've got all these made up things because the school system and society has conditioned us to believe that failure is a bad thing. But in my world and every single successful person I know, they actually seek for how can I fail the fastest, the hardest, the soonest. Because we know that failure is nothing but feedback. I love feedback because the more feedback I can collect, the more corrections I can make, then the faster I can scale, the faster I can move. But in school, it's completely set us up to think that failure is bad. So as long as we keep believing that failure is a bad thing, then we'll, can, can, we'll keep staying stuck in life, not going after the things that we actually want because we believe that this false thing out there is something that we shouldn't tap into. So that's why your friend's looking like, well, why would you do that? What if you fail? Well, fuck, like what, what is failure? The only way you can really do it, the only way you can actually really fail in life is if you just give up. That's it. Yeah. Go, back that, zone, go back to the nine to five. Go back. Yeah. To, yeah. That's, that's the only way. If you just completely give up, that's, that's the only way. So I like to put myself in positions where there's, there's no possible way. Like the only way is up. So once I make the full blown decision, I kill all other options other than what I want to create to happen. Now it, it might take a year, it might take five, it might take 10 years. But if you make the decision, it's done. Right? What? And, what would you say is the biggest failure you've had and the biggest le- lesson you've learned from that? <sighs> Just to go straight in. <laughs> uh, um, look, it's so, because <clears throat> once again, like I, it's hard because I, I don't, nothing's a failure. Yeah. Nothing's, nothing's ever failed. Every, everything's always just giving me feedback on how we can improve next time. So I'll, I'll like, I've never, ever, 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 ever thought about quitting anything uh, except for this one day in my first business when I was growing. It's my network marketing business. And we put together this huge campaign, like a, a nine-day campaign. I was, I was so in, I was running two live webinars a day, growing a team in the US and in Australia. And I was just going savage, right? <clears throat> and we're building towards this big event in Australia. I'm living in Bali at the time. And I've got everything back in this event. So the goal was to get as many people to this event in nine days as possible. And I'm flying over for Australia. I'm paying for guests to come in. I'm, I've just got a lot riding on this. We get to the event. I fly in and everything. And one by one, people just have shit excuses that people are pulling out. They're quitting. They're leaving. They're not turning up. And on the day of this event, that was meant to be the best thing. I was projecting to have about 100 people turn up. I think we had about 12. I was embarrassed. I was pissed off. And I had to then run a whole seven-hour training event and pretend like nothing was wrong. So I'd run the train, I'd go outside and I'd talk to uh, one of my mentors and I'm like, I'm fucking done. I'm going to finish this event. I'm going back to Bali. Fuck this. You know, that was the only day where like that, like literally it felt like everything I did, like, I didn't know what I could have done better. Um, but that, that, that sucked. But 
it's just a matter of just going, yeah, you know, like I was talking to a friend the other day, actually, and she, she just had a couple failures, you know, she tried to launch a program and didn't go anywhere near as well. She has set back in her life and, and she goes, what do I do? I say, just go have a big fuck you day. Literally turn your phone off, just have a fuck you day. Just get pissed off at everything. Blame shit if you want. Just get, just, just get it out of your system. Just really have that day. Maybe even two if you really want. You just have a big fuck you day. Where you completely just get it out of your system, you know, and you just blame and you cry and you fucking eat chocolate and you watch TV and you whatever. And then you just dust yourself back up and you get the fuck back on with it. Like, that's it. Like, in this space, you, you've just got to develop this resilience. Here's the thing. There's always going to be failures. There's always going to be setbacks. There's always going to be losses in life and in business and everything you do. Right? We're always going to have a loss, whether that be of a loved one or a car or, or a favorite bag or whatever. <clears throat> we can't choose that. The only thing we can choose is how long we're going to mourn for. We're going to have breakups. We're going to have all these things. We can't choose that. We can't change that. But we can always choose how long we want to mourn for. So that's the thing. You have a big setback, you have a failure, you have something, and it's just like, great. I'm, in, I'm not in control of what's happening to me, even though, if really, you kind of are. But for the sake of it, let's look at this. You're not really in control of what's just happened to me. However, I'm in control of how long I want to allow it to affect me for. That's why I said to her, I said, go have a big fuck you day. Blame the world for a day. And then get over it. And then look at it and go, well, how, how can I do it differently? Let's remap it. Let's replan. Let's go again. I threw a big event at the start of this year, and everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. We got hit with the biggest floods in like a decade or something in Australia the day before the event. Like, so we, we had half attendance to what we're actually anticipating, right? I was, I outlaid about 20, 20 to $25,000 to the first event. Uh, we didn't get back in the green for it um, because the floods just flooded people in. It flooded in speakers. We couldn't get our big speaker from America in because of COVID. There was all these things, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. And I was in there, I was just like, well, here's the thing. The event's going ahead anyway. And there's people here that do need to be served. So I'm just going to focus on serving them as best I can. And I had a heap of fun and still went okay, but nowhere near as good as what I wanted. And I'd consider that still as a, as a, a big fuck up. Um, however, it pissed me off for about, you know, a few days. And then I looked at it, I was like, I looked at it, I said, well, you know, what's a few things I could be proud of? Like, how, how, what are some things that did go well? Of course, there are lots of things that could, did go well because whenever we get in this shitty mindset, we just like to think about what's not working. And then our brain works like a heat-seeking missile, the reticular activating system. Whenever we feed it, it's going to go find more evidence to show us that whatever we're feeding it is real. Literally like a heat-seeking missile. So if we say, this isn't working, this is shit, I'm crap, I'm a failure, blah, 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 our brain will actually go and find all the evidence to show us this is actually real. Meanwhile we're actually blocking out. So psychologically, our brain creates a thing called a scotoma where it actually covers up anything else possible outside of our awareness. It's like we're wearing these goggles where we're like, everything's shit, nothing's working, blah, 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 and that's all we see through them. But we can't see anything in our peripheral. How do you take the if goggles we, off? If we take the fucking goggles off yeah. and we seek, okay, what has worked? How could I improve? We ask a different question. We actually go, well, you know what? This actually went really well. The, the fact that this was the first one and no one's running events like this in the middle of COVID. Like, like that's ballsy. Like, like I've built an events business through COVID, like avoiding lockdown after lockdown, uh, like sneaking people in if they haven't been vaxxed. Like it's, you know, like just crazy shit, <clears throat> you know, and, and you start to look, you start to focus on those things and you're like, man, maybe I'm doing not so bad as I did, as, um, as I thought.
you know, so they, they were sort of, they were sort of the biggest things. But like I said, I, I have this, I have this um, weird relationship with it. I'll, t- I'll tell you a story. We were, have you ever been snowboarding? Yeah. Yeah. So anyone listening who's been snowboarding, right? It's super, super, super easy the first time you go, isn't it? Right. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we, we, we all go to New Zealand, right? I, I, I'm throwing this tour. So me and my mate, we thought it'd be an awesome idea. We're like, let's start like our own tour company. So we did two tours. We won in Bali and then one in New Zealand. It was super fun. And then so we're in New Zealand. We take over a bunch of people and I say to everybody, we're going snowboarding. We have three days on the slopes. The first day is we're all going to get lessons and we're going to start to learn. Now I'm taking the piss out of everybody. And I say, I'm going to be the best. Here. Like I'm going to be the best. Like I'm better than anybody. Blah, blah, blah. Like, like not cocky, but just taking the piss, you know, like I'm going to be fucking great. Yeah, 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 right. We dive into the lessons and needless to say, we all sucked. And it was a lot harder than what I thought. My girlfriend at the time, she picked it up way better than me. She's going past me. And I'm like, this sucks. I keep spending on my ass. You know, I keep just stacking. And what the woman says to us at the end was this. She goes, I highly recommend none of you actually go on the real slopes today because you're going to have a really bad time and probably stuff it up for everybody else. So just stick to the the beginner's thing over here but the beginner slopes like that yeah <clears throat> right so naturally we took her suggestion at first because like okay well you're the professional you know what i'm talking about we give it a go run the baby slope i'm still eating shit here except it hurts more because the ice is hard and i'm not getting any fun out of it before i start I'm like this sucks so we get to the bottom i'm one of the slowest ones there i'm not picking it up at all and my friend comes down from the slope, the big one, because he's already been doing it for a while. He comes down, comes around. He's like, dude, this is so much fun. Come up on the big slope with me. And my first thought was, well, I can't. Because she said so. And then I go, hang on a second. Fuck that. What was my intention when I got here? My intention was this, to be the best. I'm going to be the best. So now when I know what my intention is, I now ask a different question. How can I be the best? Will I be the best if I'm, st- if I'm practicing the same as everybody else? No. Will I be the best if I'm doing the same shitty stuff and I'm listening to other people's limiting beliefs that they've put on me? No. What's going to happen if I push the boundaries and I push what I think is capable from me? What's going to happen if I just commit to going to the big one and the only way down is to go down it? So I said to Reese, I said, fuck it. Let's go because here's what I'm committed to doing. I'm going to fail at this more times than anyone else here can even try. Therefore, I know I will be more successful. So we go, let's go. Top of the black diamond. This is like the hardest one, right? Let's go to the top one. And I I go up there because here's the thing. Once I sit into the seat, there's no turning back. See, most people don't really go to this full commitment in life because they feel, well, what if it doesn't work out? Yeah, well, if it doesn't work out, I'll get feedback. I break an arm. hmm, Maybe I won't do that again next time. Or maybe I'll just watch out for the pole. I'm not sure, you know, but it's like, but until you're, you know, until you're brave enough to lose sight of the shore, you'll never actually go to the Island. Most people think about an Island. They dream about the Island, but then they, they get in their boat, but it's still fucking anchored onto the jetty until they really unrope the boat from the jetty and they're brave enough to lose sight of the shore and fully commit to it. And they're not going to have anything they really want. So we go to the top of the hill and did I get any better from the chairlift from the bottom to the chairlift at the top? No. Right. But the thing what changed was I was committed. I was 100% committed, but everybody else down the bottom was still about 90% committed. Because they're like, well, I'm still not sure if I'm good. She told me that we can't do it. 
where I just thought this, you know, I, I've lived my whole life with people telling me I can't do things. I shouldn't do things. And every single time I've gone against what they've told me that I can't do, I turn out pretty okay. So you know what? That advice hasn't served me so far. So I'm going to keep going against the grain and I'm going to find new, I'm going to find new tracks myself, you know, because no one knows our own vision. No one knows our life. No one knows our journey like us. So get to the top of the hill. What takes most people about 20 minutes to get down took me about 50 minutes. I ate shit the whole way down. However, each time I'd get back up, I'd last a little bit longer and then a little bit longer and a little bit longer until I got all the way down to the bottom and I was about to, I was going up the side of the walls. I was doing 180s and everything. And I come down the bottom. And I'm like, I'm the fucking best. I fucking love snowboarding. Let's go. It was the best. Because I just did that one thing. I just asked myself, how can I fail more than anyone else here can even try it? And it's so crazy because like you see people who have, let's just say talent and you know that they, they naturally pick everything up quickly and then you see someone you know example your story there who just does what's hard and they just jump up and they get to the top and they just say all right well fuck it. i'll just do it i'll go down the bottom and for me personally i've kind of set similar like i know why how i get ahead is by doing repetition over repetition i'll fail a lot more than other people but i'm willing yeah. to actually do that mm-hmm. and i think if more people actually took that step to be like, all right, well, it's okay to fail and it's okay to go against what other people say or whatever their perspective or, you know, whatever they believe. Like, cause you've got like that herd mentality of, well, six people have said, don't do it. And one person said, yeah, just give it a go. They're always yeah. going to be pulled to that, that herd. Cause they don't want to feel like they're detached from, you know, th- their tribe. Mm. But I think like once people actually learn to actually detach, and actually be like, all right, well, I'll just, I'll eat the dirt. We'll, we'll see what happens. That's when it changes. Yeah. If they simply just change their own herd, you know, because I live my life when they, when they say zig, I zag. Because most people, most people have lost. Most people have no fucking idea what they're doing. So if someone's going to tell me to do this, I'll probably do the opposite. Just because I'm like, most people have no idea. <clears throat> However, the people I'm around now, my herd now, when they say do this, I do that. Cause I'm like, you guys are where I want to be. But if we hang around people that are just stuck and there's, I call them still people, you know, they're still complaining, still blaming, still justifying, still going absolutely nowhere in their life. And, you know, it's like the broke uncle, the guy at the pub, all this sort of shit, you know, always tries to tell people how to do things, what to do. And they say, oh, this is what I should have done when I was your age, blah, blah, blah. If we're continually listening to these people, we'll never go anywhere. You know, so, so they, they did this, they did a science experiment, okay? So a group of scientists, they got, they got six monkeys. They put six monkeys into a cage. In the cage, there was a ladder. At the top of the ladder, there was a bunch of bananas. So what do you think happens? You put six monkeys in the cage with a bunch of bananas. Eventually, they get to try and go up the ladder. So as soon as one would go up the ladder, the scientists would actually scold the other monkeys with water. And then, so eventually, what they started to figure out was every time a monkey would go up the ladder, the others would get punished. So as soon as the, the herd, the gang, started to see one go up the ladder, they would actually beat the shit out of the monkey to stop it. The monkey would come back down. Eventually, no monkey would, would be brave enough to go up the ladder. So then what they do, they take one monkey out and they change him with a brand new monkey. So the monkey goes up the ladder. He gets the shit beaten out of him. And he's left wondering, like, what the fuck? What's going on here? Fine. I'll conform. I'll conform. Then they swap out another monkey. This is very interesting. The new monkey comes in, 
goes up the ladder, they all beat the shit out of the monkey, including that other monkey that was just brand new that hasn't been up the ladder and hasn't been scalded with water yet. He just joined in. They continually did this until all the monkeys were brand new and not one was up, not one has been up the ladder, not one has been scalded with water and they were all just standing there and no one going after their bananas. Now, if you were able to have a conversation with them, you'd ask them, you'd say, how come you're not going up the ladder? They would say, well, it's just the way things have always been done around here. It's just what we do. You don't go up the ladder. You don't, they're not for us. Those bananas that are there, they're for somebody else. They're too far out of reach because like, I can't even begin to think about it. So the brain hasn't actually even created the neuro pathways to create that as a possibility. Mm. Right. But let's say if you change the herd and you bring in a new monkey, he's like, fuck, I'm going off what I want. And let's say if the science experiment stopped, those monkeys would stay carrying on like that for the rest of their life. But if you leveled up and if one of those monkeys went to a new cage where they had all the bananas they wanted, they went after that what they want, they would eventually start to reprogram its own mind thinking, you know what, maybe I can have that too. So if we wanted to go and create anything, you know, create the life of our dreams, create this extraordinary life, the first area we've got to do is change the people that we're associated with, change our environment. If we're not inspired by the people around us, we need a new circle. You know, and one thing I've always prided myself on is being around people where I'm embarrassed to talk about how much money I earn. Because then I know that I'm in a good circle. I want to be around people that are doing far better than me, so much smarter than me, thinking bigger, acting bigger, getting bigger results. Because I'm scared, continue, they'll continually pull me up to their standard. So the people that we surround ourselves with will either pull us up to their standard or pull us down to our standard. And most people are living a seven out of a 10 life just getting by and they're lo- and they're too afraid to step out of the herd because they're like well what if what if there's not another herd well fuck what if the next herd for you is the one that's been waiting for you and it's going to take you to exactly where you want to go and 100 percent. what would because like your environment's everything but what questions what are, what are like three things that you would suggest someone ask themselves to get themselves out of that herd to shift their whole demeanor of their beliefs. Yeah. Well, you, you first want to reevaluate it because I'm not saying that like, you know, stop hanging around with your friends, stop hanging around with your family. However, I am saying love your family and choose your friends. Sometimes we have a family that we just can't get rid of. You love them, but you don't, it doesn't mean you have to spend so much time with them. Like I still have friends where they don't inspire me. However, I just, they're, they're very kind. I like what they value in life. They're good people. And I, however, I limit how much time I'm around them. Okay, so the first thing is probably just asking yourself, am I inspired by the people around me? If the answer is yes, stay there. If no, maybe look at something else. The second one might be like, are the people around me, do they have the same level of ambition and work ethic as me? There's nothing worse than being around a bunch of your mates at the pub who are talking oh, mate, fucking one day I'm going to do this one day. Yeah, well, mate, you've been saying one day for the last 375 days. Like, what the fuck, you know? Day one's today. So you, it makes sense. You make sure you're around the people that have the ambition, but also the work ethic, the drive to actually execute that are doing it, you know? And I don't know, third question is, the third question, well, I, I continue to ask myself this all the time, actually, is like, how, how, can, how can I get around people that have more than what I could even think about? Yeah. How how can I get around the people that are fucking making shit happen? You know, 
we ask ourselves questions. So there's two types of questions we can ask. We can ask disempowering questions or empowering questions. And if we ask empowering questions, we're going to have more empowering results. We have better results in life. So if we ask things like, how can I get around more successful people? How can I make this better? How can I be the best snowboarder on this trip? How can I make sure that by the end of this year, I've achieved X, Y, B, right? Now our brain. So we're using like our brain is like this trillion dollar piece of equipment. Most people don't know how to fucking use it. We've never got the owner's manual for life. You know, and the dream out loud method is, is the closest thing that I've been able to help people. Actually, here's the owner's manual to your life. Let's redesign your life, who you are, you know, and then they go out there and they completely create extraordinary results in life. But most people don't have that, you know? So if we ask incredible questions like this, we have more incredible results in life. But most people are programmed to think things like this. They think disempowering questions like, why is this not working? Why can't I find my purpose? Why am I so scared to talk to that girl? Why can't I do this? Why is this happening to me? Why, 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 why? So then our brain will literally, like I was saying before, the reticular activating system. When you ask it a question, it goes and finds evidence to show you that it's right. Same as if you buy a brand new car. You buy a new car, the next minute you see it everywhere because now your brain's actually aware. You buy a brand new... I, I just went, I've, I've never owned a pair of Yeezy shoes, okay, until about a month or two ago. Went down to Melbourne. There's only a couple of places in Australia who actually sell them. So we go down to Melbourne and I, and I go and I go buy two pairs. I'm like, this is so nice. And I got them on. You would not believe how many pairs of Yeezy shoes I saw on that weekend I was in Melbourne. No shit. About, I think I was about 20 people I saw walk past me wearing Yeezys. I was like... Does everyone down here have? No, of course not. I was just now aware of it because they're on my feet. I'm like, oh, now I'm starting to look at everyone else's feet and they're just, it's in my awareness now. So the same as if we ask things like, why is this always happening to me? Our brain's going to go, well, I'm not sure, but let me just go and collect some data and some information to show you why you are shit, why you're not good enough, why you are unconfident, all your past failures. I'll show you all these things because if you go, why, why can I never succeed at this? Why does this never work out for me? Why do I keep attracting the same crappy partner? Well, I don't know, Sally. Let me go back and find the past five relationships of yours and all the shit ones and all the people who left you and gave up on you and the tests you come, you got to see at. And when you came fourth in your race in grade five and all the shit, I'm going to throw it on you and go, well, here's all the evidence you want. Then you go, oh yeah, right. I'm shit. Instead of just going, hmm, how can I become more confident? How can I attract a better quality partner? And your brain goes, hmm, good question. Well, you could start working out more. You could start investing in yourself a little bit more. You could hang around different people. You could maybe get off Tinder because you're probably not going to find someone real high quality on Tinder. Like, you know what I mean? But maybe just go out there and try a new hobby, a new sport. Maybe you'll find somebody just through connecting and something you're passionate about. Then your brain's like, wow, that feels good. And you start to get different results. From The quality of your life will literally come down to the quality of questions that you ask yourself on a daily basis and that's so epic because it's like it just really like opens your eyes as well to the world you're like well everything that you ever really wanted is out there and it's in front of you you just have to like you said ask the right question so diving into a little bit more about you what is the dream out loud method and you know why did you create it what got you started on this journey yeah, so pretty much like when I was 17 years old, I had a fake ID and I wanted to get my first tattoo. This is like someone told me this the other day, like, you should share this story more. And I'm like, I, I forget about it. 
<clears throat> so I'm 17 years old. I'm literally sitting on the bus and I hear a bunch of schoolgirls saying, oh my God, boys who have chest tattoos, they're so hot. <laughs> so I go, hmm, as a 17-year-old dude, okay, in order to be attractive to the female species, I must get chest tattoos. So I'm like, chest tattoo, chest tattoo, chest, chest, chest. I get a fake ID and I'm like, I want to get a chest tattoo. And I'm weighing up different things. And then something come to me where I was like, you know, dream out loud. I forget where I sort of come from. I think I might have sort of like live out loud or something. And I've always been a big dreamer. I've always been passionate about like, like dreaming, like visionary, you know, like dream out loud. Cool. So I went and got that tattooed on my chest and it meant nothing for years. And then I started doing personal development and I started to just really sort of think about all this stuff. I was like, you know what, what it really means to me is if you can dream it, you can do it. If you can dream it, if you can imagine it, you can actually create it into a physical reality into your world. Started listening to people like Bob Proctor and Jim Rohn and all these types of people. And, and then just one thing led to another. You know, I, I started my network marketing business when I was 21. I used that to create financial freedom by 23. I started putting a lot of these pieces together. Then before I knew I was 23 years old, living in Mexico, I've got a six-figure online business, living my dream life, having tacos and tequila every single freaking day. And I was like, this is it. I, I love this. And then the next phase to me was like, how can I help even more people do this? So then I spent years traveling around the world and teaching people from stage and running events over and over and over. I grew my business to, I think, in 16 countries around the world now. And then all this was happening and then COVID happened. All our events stopped. And I was just like, well, how can I continue with this passion? So I put together the Dream Out Loud podcast. I was like, I'm going to start. It was our first lockdown. I'm like, I'm just going to go buy this microphone and I'm going to start this thing. And I started the Dream Out Loud podcast. And then within 90 days, we went to a top 100 show uh, for personal development. A year later, I went to number six for personal development in all of Australia. Had some of the biggest guests on my show that I used to watch on YouTube, like Les Brown, Dr. John Demartini, Cohen Ray. I used to watch all these people and be like learning from them. Now I've got them on my show. I'm having one-on-one conversations with them and it's, it's freaking wild. And, you know, one thing sort of led to another where I started to think about, I was like, I asked the question. <clears throat> I was like, if I was to teach everything I've done in the last five, six, seven years to create a complete life of financial, personal freedom, emotional freedom. How would I deliver it to somebody? And it just come to me. I was like a three-day seminar, three-day event. What would I call it? The Dream Out Loud method. Because it's my methodology. It's just like this actual framework process. And it's a mixture of me investing, you know, over $150,000 in myself, actually going out there and creating it, being one of the top income owners in my whole company for my age group and doing all these sorts of things by, but living a life by design on my terms. Because that's the thing. Most people get distracted and they, they see people with Rolexes and Maseratis and Lambos and shit on Instagram. And they think that's the dream life. They think that's success. And by all means, for some people, it might be. However, if it's not success for you and you find yourself trying to chase that life and you're burning yourself out and you're emotionally destroying yourself on the inside because you're trying to chase something that's going to give you significance, that's not success. That's 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 just called you've got some money, you know, like that's not success. So I'm all about how can I help people literally create a life of their dreams? Most people are held back. Most people actually have inside them this wicked dream inside. They have this dream. They have this vision. They have this intuition inside. They have this thing inside them where it's like, I want to do this or I want to create this. And if they don't have any complete vision yet, they do through the process at my event. So you pull it out because what happens is through their life, they have this thing and then people at the pub or their friends and their family say, you can't do that. Why are you doing that? What if you fail? You can't do that. And they start to push their dreams down. 
So the three-day event is really not even about teaching people much. It's actually about helping them unlearn all the shit that they've picked up through their life. Because I believe that everyone is perfect, whole and complete, exactly who they are from the moment they were born. We're, we're a fucking miracle. A one in 400 trillion chances of being born. We're a miracle. We're here. I asked Les Brown, I Les Brown on my podcast, I asked him this, I said, <clears throat> I said, do you really think that everyone can actually live their dream life though? And he goes, that's why we're here. He goes, you were literally created to create your dream life. You're not here to just, just get by. It's like a slap in the face, your creator, whatever you believe. But most people just settle for that. So the dream out loud method is really helping people do that. Understand and identify what is their big audacious goal, their dream life, their life by design. What is that? And how do we peel back the layers of the onion, the things that have stopped them from achieving that, the limiting beliefs, the, the, the fear, the doubt, the, the lack of self-esteem, all these types of things and help them really sort of face off all this shit, destroy it. And then they come out the other end, absolutely fucking fearless, unstoppable with 100% clarity and certainty in who they are and their life they're going to create with a lot more clarity. So that's what's really about. You know, we've only done two right now. I've got the next one coming up in two weeks, um, which you're going to come as well again, aren't you? I'm, I haven't sent a message to Ash, but I am coming. <laughs> yeah you're coming again so like so we're about to do the third one and you know it's just it's it's crazy to see already like what's happened in the last six months since since launching this um you know the results people are getting that the change people get and they come in on day one and the person on day three it's nine days it's absolutely nuts but what what it really looks like is people actually come out there and they go oh, i'm free to just live life on exactly who i, I want to be and know that as long as i'm ach- happily achieving not achieving to be happy then I'm living a successful life. So I teach people about it's not really about creating success. It's about creating success in the moment and living a life that's successful instead of living a life to hopefully become successful one day. That's epic. I can't even recommend it enough, really. Like, you know, at the time <laughs> I was going, when I went there, it was the perfect time. Like, couldn't have asked for a better time. And you talk about, you know, being ready for something. I was the furthest away from being ready for that i was i was in no frame of mind you know it's quite funny the day before i was like i'm just gonna go for a day and then i'm gonna leave that was my thought process really yeah <laughs> and then i went in and i was like hooked. fuck i'm hooked like this is this is it and it was like i knew it was going to be good but i didn't realize that it was going to be excellent and like that's that that's a huge explanation in itself um like my standards are pretty high for like you know i've done the ropes i've, I've listened to a lot of people i've done courses but hands down during out loud look I'm, you get in testimonial like hands down one of the <laughs> things I've, I've done in my life and oh, awesome. you know i think the cool thing about that was is people use that excuse it's not the right i'm not ready for it when it's the right time when everything's when my um when my ducks are in line then you know it'll be okay we'll take them to the pond what happens if you never you never catch the ducks though what if they're never in a line you know um so yeah i think that's epic uh, one thing i do have to ask you though what do you think is the biggest thing that holds people back and what would you say to them right now to get them out of that kerfuffle that maybe they just need a little straight to the point advice mm. look I, I i think there's two main things that that hold you back from what i've seen you know and it's 
it's it's massively fear, but it's 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 a mixture of one fear. It's I won't be enough. Right. So the fear of well, what if I'm not enough? Right. Because ultimately, like, you know, we're only born with three fears. That's right. I'm really born with three fucking fears and everything else we learn. We're born with the fear of loud noises. With the bit, we have the fear of falling. That's why you can drop a baby and yell at a baby and it'll be scared. Trust me, I'm done both. Right now. <laughs> and and the third one is the fear of being abandoned. Okay. <clears throat> so we have those three fears. That's literally programmed into us. However, fear is also completely made up in our head. Fear, the the definition of fear is actually the anticipation of pain in the future. So if we're thinking about fear, we're living in the future. If we're thinking about anxiety, we're living in the future. If we're thinking about guilt, shame, we're living in the past. If we're thinking about confidence and certainty, we're living in the present. So if we can focus on the things we want and the confidence and the certainty of that, and we eliminate fear, we eliminate fear by just being in the moment and actually taking action. Because the more you do, the less you think, the less you think, the less you doubt, the less you doubt, the more you do. And it's, and it's a cycle. But most people just don't do much. So they have more time to think, more time to doubt. Then the more that they doubt, the more that they think, the less that they do. Mm-hmm. And it's this shitty cycle. So most people are held back from fear. You know, so <clears throat> what if I do this and it's not going to work? Like what we've already talked about. Because I've added in a whole, like a whole extra, I've added, about, I've added about another eight to nine hours of content since the last time you came. And a whole process is destroying fear in front of your face. And it is insane absolutely insane because this way what i've realized i'm like one of the biggest things is that hold your back is fear so what if i can have them completely fucking destroy it in the magic of the moment and watch it dissolve in their face and we do this for it's just I, i'm not going to explain you have to come to the event because some people might hear it and be like i can't do that that's crazy but you watch people do this in your face and it's like it destroys all limitations that there's no such thing as fear so imagine li- being allowed to live a life with no fear if you know that that's the one thing that's holding most people back that's what we do at the event. The second thing is, is most people have developed this story somewhere along the way in their life that they're just not worthy of having everything that they want. You know, and for that, it's just a matter of, you could probably even just question yourself. You could just ask yourself like, well, when did I, when did I make the decision that I was no, uh, that I wasn't worthy of having everything I want. And it's amazing what our unconscious mind has comes up with when we ask questions like this. And perhaps we might bring back to a memory and, we, and because what happens is things happen in our life. We have events. Okay, so events happen in our life. There's always things that happen. We get breakups, losses, car accidents, blah, blah, blah. Someone yells at us. Okay, someone drops us when we're at three, whatever, right? Events happen. We can't stop that. However, the only thing we can stop is this. If we add a story to the event, if we add a meaning, then we create a problem. So an event happens, we add a meaning. We say, well, this happened, that means this. And we then live by that meaning. So most people have developed somewhere along the way, this thing happened to them where they're like, oh, that happens. That means I'm not actually allowed to have that. I'm not worthy of it. So if you identify where it came back from, you can actually just go back and go, what did I make it mean? And what would happen if I just got rid of the meaning? Because if an event happens and there's no meaning, there's no problem. See what I mean? So when we add a, when we add a meaning, or we add a story, we get a problem. But if we add no meaning, we add no story, we have no problem. So it's just been a matter of, you know, and, and can I, like there's something I can do with somebody like one-on-one, but apart from that, when people come into the program, they just start to discover these things. It's like, fuck, I didn't realize that's what was actually happening. You know, that is credits meaning that, well, what's the point of even trying? Because that's not, it's not for me anyway. That's just this made up shit. And we completely just destroy all of that stuff 
uh, and dive into the, the driving force of our life, which is what we truly value. We'll move towards the things that we value the most and we'll move away from the things that bring us the most pain subconsciously. Most people just have no fucking idea what they are. And at a three-day event, we completely redesign them for everybody. So they start to live a life really just peaceful and on purpose with passion. It's, it's freaking great. It's so epic. Like, you know, like I'm in contact with quite a few people that went to it, like see them all thriving. Like it's epic. Mm. So mm. And, yeah. you know, me personally, same thing, like shifted everything. It's one of the reasons that gave me a bit more of a boost to actually launch my own retreat. Um, you know, so that was, that's a big motivator. That's what kind of got me over the line was facing some of those things in the past event. So, you know, stopping that story that, you know, you, you're talking about. One thing I wanted to touch on was where do you see yourself in the next five years? Where do you want to go? The next five years, we've, we've taken this company to a multiple eight figure. But with, with that, like I, what I love so much is it's one thing to talk about income, but when your income is a direct reflection of impact, that's what's really cool. You get all these entrepreneurs and shit out there talking like, oh, I made this much money this month. Like, fuck the money. Like how many, how many people have you helped? How many people have you served? Like literally the mission of our company, the mission doesn't say dollar signs. The mission says um, to help. It's on the what down in my glass one, but it's to help a million people, a million people across 50 countries develop the skill set, the mindset, the consciousness, and the identity to create the life of their, their dreams. So the next five years, we're going to be bringing out a shit ton of personal development programs because 80% of success is, is, is psychology. So a lot of our programs are all focused on helping people truly develop everything within and become and have the identity and the mindset okay, of who they need to be to have the life. And then we're also going to be developing other things like to help people develop the right skill sets. We've got, um, we just started last week, actually, the very first trainers training program, you know, where we're, where I'm literally training people how to be professional speakers, how to be professional trainers. So not just a facilitator or a speaker, it's like how to be a fucking world-class leader trainer, you know, and so we have education platforms for that where people can, and then at the end of this program, they'll come out there with their own keynote that they can actually go and start charging, you know, one to $2,000 for a keynote and they'll be a world-class trainer, you know? So these types of things here. So we're, we're skilling people up with skill sets because the more that we learn, the more that we earn, the more skill sets you require, the more valuable you become to the marketplace, the more valuable you are, the more money you can earn. Right. So, um, and then next year we'll probably uh, bring out a coaching certification. So actually going to have like a dream out loud coaching certification where people can actually come out and adapt this into their life. doesn't matter if they're a CEO, fitness instructor, PT, want to be a life coach or whatever they want to do, learn the framework to actually help their team get uh, transformational results. You know, so things like this. So we're developing lots of things to helping people even, you know, in the next five years, there's lots of things going to be coming out where I truly see this as the one-stop personal development and success shop for millennials and Gen Zs to come. If you've got that burning desire inside of you and you want to live your dream life, you fucking come here, get amongst the community that actually supports you, actually loves you and wants to see you win. And just there's going to be something in here for you to help you get to that next stage in life. So we've got, you know, the personal development things, Dream Builds Intensive Program, which is our 16-week program. It's going to be turning into like a, uh, a business coaching platform as well. We're helping people develop um, 10K a month online businesses. So they can travel, live the life they want because most people would actually live the life they want if they had the income to give them that freedom, right? So I'm mindful of that. So there's lots of things in here. Lots of things that are in the pipeline. Um, big plans. There was, we're also going to have like a dream out loud charity. 
uh, literally just like raising money and helping people that don't have the money or the funds to get access to these events and stuff like this. And like, how can we do programs and go and truly give back and help people build their own business in a third world country or, you know, build a shop front and things like this or whatever they need. And um, lots of things there. So I'm super passionate about it, but like the big main thing that is just driving it is impacting a million people across 50 countries around the world. That's for the next five years, five years after that, I was having a walk with my partner this morning. We're talking about what's next. And I'm like, fuck, it's just, yeah, we want to do it. We're going to do a lot. So really excited. It's just the beginning. Yeah. Epic. And no doubt, like, I can't wait to see the journey. Too. Like, yeah. It's be good. Things that you've done now is like already like super remarkable and you can only imagine like what's to come for the lucky last question. I want to ask you what's one book or one audio book that you would recommend someone read to change their life. Okay. Two books, uh, three books. <laughs> the first, the first one is the magic of thinking big. I, I love that book. It's one of my favorite books. It's a, so it's literally that like if we just think bigger if we think with higher standards and do more than the average person does you'll get more than the average person gets simple as that and i love that book so much because it's super simple and it's, it's so much golden it like the magic of thinking big trust me get on that book it's freaking phenomenal the second book is one of my other favorites i revisit this audio book at least once a month because it's super easy it's about an hour it's called your erroneous zones by wayne dyer one of the best books for emotional intelligence and how to control your own emotions i think i've ever read it's just simple he's he's a goat he's just an og you know and it's there two of my absolute favorite books one's for just you know peak performance mindset and the other is emotional intelligence you need to marry them both up and the third one is actually what i give everybody here for free um i just wrote a a new ebook uh, it's called the five keys to freedom and we can put it into the description so everybody can go ahead and download that for free I'll give that to everybody. And uh, it's the first I've actually, this is the first podcast I'm I'm back telling anybody about it. I haven't even told my own audience. (laughs) My own audience don't even know about this yet. So um, you guys can get that. So like it's 100% free, jump on that and go straight to your inbox and dive into that. So I just thought, I was like, how can I simplify and give this to people? Five keys, literally creating a life of personal and financial freedom. Get into that book. Epic. I didn't even know about that. What the hell? Yeah, no one does. It's completely <laughs> hidden. It literally got finished. Like I messaged my guy just before I got on this call. I said, hey, are we done with this? Can we kind of give this out? He says, yes. That's sick. Okay. I love that. Yes, yeah. help it first. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Epic. Yeah. Well, for people who are listening in and maybe they want to send you a message, maybe they want some advice, I assume that you're happy to chat to anyone. Um, yeah. If they want to send you a message, where can they find you on your social media, web, your website? Yeah, and just find the best places on Instagram at Morgan T. Nelson. Um, so we've got two Instagrams now, but my one that I personally will reply to is at Morgan T. Nelson. Um, we've also got uh, the Dream Out Loud family Instagram. It's more of the, you know, the events and stuff like that. So hit us both up, but I'll reply personally to my personal one. Uh, and then my podcast, you know, Dream Out Loud. Get on Spotify, Instagram. I've got absolute fucking bangers now. I do lots of mini episodes, um, just like short, sharp, you know, how to's this and this and that there's a ton of value on there, but they're the two main things, Instagram podcast. And I've actually got my free Facebook group. Um, if you go to my Instagram, actually, you can, you can join it through there in the Facebook group. I, I just give everybody a heap of shit in there for free. It's completely free. I do live videos, which reminds me, I need to do a live video today. So Q and A's at extra value, just a closer interaction in there. Epic. One, thank you very much for like sharing your book with us. That's epic. And so like, 
thanks so much for coming on the podcast and like obviously your time's valuable i really appreciate you coming up onto the podcast and you know sharing your own golden nuggets with everyone on because there's so much like juicy content in that that like people can take away from like if they that like there's so much on there that i could have gone five years ago that would have yeah. put me 10 years ahead just by some of the statements that you you even said um so listen deep listen closely get the book download the book read those two other books as well um and i'm super stoked to see your journey unfold in the next five years yeah i'm pumped mate so thanks so much for having me on thanks for being a rocking uh first podcast back this is this is dope i love what you're doing i appreciate what you're doing and thanks for having me on man thanks so much for listening in guys i really hope you enjoyed that episode and got some value out of it if you did get some value out of that episode and you really did enjoy it then share it with a friend or family member share us on social media leave us a review and help us make a bigger impact in the world today The more we can inspire people to better themselves and level up their life through self-development, whether it be one little tip here or there, makes all the difference and you might even save a life. Again, thanks so much for listening in and we'll see you next time.